Good morning, guys. I'm back. Hope your head's back and your shoulders after being exploded by Krishnamurti yesterday on that voice note. Um, just want you to start thinking a bit different. I'm not saying it's the right thing. Just want to start expanding the mind, different viewpoints, but listening, being attentive and seeing what's he saying here. Is it true? Am I different from my ego? Is my ego, is it me, my ego? And is there then the messy consciousness I'm trying to fix all the time? I'm always fearful. I want to be non-fear. I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm always fighting to achieve something. Is this two separate things? Or am I the messy consciousness? And if I stop fighting it, does it cease to dissolve? And I can see clearly in front of me and make very intelligent from decisions and as opposed to letting the past always rule my thinking. I don't know, guys. Let me know. Anyway, Kickstart session yesterday, talking about, you know, uh, sleep come up, non-sleep actually, sleeping nowhere near enough, so I'm going to share some studies now, but even though we know these things that we should sleep enough, why do we still not do it? Sleep, get enough sleep is one of the things you can do that catapults your day-to-day performance, it's one of those easy wins, so what happens when we don't sleep enough? Well, 2020 analysis found that adults who slept fewer than 7 hours per night had a 41% increased risk of developing obesity. Sleep deprivation may make you crave foods higher in sugar and fat due to their higher calorie content and increase your daily calorie intake by, on average, 385 calories. So your deficit every day is gone. And if you're not in a deficit, this is an extra, you know, extra pound of fat every 10 days. Okay. If you sleep enough, you'll improve your concentration and productivity. We know this, but look what the study says. 2020 study found that overworked doctors with moderate, high, and very high sleep-related impairment were 54%, 96%, and 97% more likely to report clinically significant medical errors. A night of good sleep has been shown to improve problem-solving skills and enhance memory performance in adults. Give doctors that extra sleep, guys. Good night's sleep has been it's gonna improve you. If you're feeling a bit in the rut, just have a real good long sleep. See if it makes you feel better. But you might wake up mid-sleep cycle. I'm saying is have a good amount of sleep. Wake up at the end of the cycle. You're gonna feel refreshed. I know it's hard, easier said than done, but this is of vital importance. Okay. If you sleep enough, it's gonna strengthen your heart. Your heart, not your heart. <laughs> A 2019 analysis of 19 studies found that sleeping fewer than 7 hours per day resulted in a 13% increased risk of death from heart disease. In contrast, excessive sleeping in adults more than 9 hours was also shown to increase the risk of heart disease. Oh, we can't get right, guys. If there's a god, what's he doing? Playing games with us. Now you're going to sleep this and that. What are you doing? He's, 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 he's putting us torture. But, 7 to 9 hours. So, 8 hours in. Classic. Is that where the eight hours came from? Probably not, but eight hours will do, guys. A 2015 study found that people who slept fewer than five hours per night had a 61% higher risk of developing high blood pressure than those who slept seven hours. Another 2017 analysis found that compared with seven hours of sleep, each one hour decrease in sleep was associated with a 6% increase risk of all-cause mortality, which is death and heart disease. Short sleep is associated with greater risk of developing type 2 diabetes and insulin resistance when your body cannot use the hormone insulin properly. A 2016 study analysis of 36 studies in over 1 million participants found that very short sleep of fewer than 5 hours and short sleep of fewer than 6 hours increased the risk of type 2 diabetes by 48% and 18%. Big drop out from 5 to 6. 
Good sleep supports your immune system. 2015 study, participants who slept fewer than five hours per night were 4.5 times more likely to develop a cold than those who slept more than seven hours. And those who slept five to six hours were 4.24 times more likely. Um, so yeah, suggests the study suggests that proper sleep may improve your body's antibody response to influenza and vaccine efficiency for COVID-19 vaccines. Oh God, guys, we have to sleep, man. <sighs> Go to sleep now. <laughs> if you've woken up early to listen to this voice, now get back to bed, man. Okay. More sleep will avoid help you avoid accidents. The Centers of Disease Control and Prevention reports that one in 25 people have fallen asleep at the wheel while driving. Those who slept fewer than six hours are most likely to fall asleep whilst driving, of course. And being severely sleep deprived is comparable to having consumed excess alcohol. Yeah, do you know one story for you once? I used to work, I used to live in Cardiff and work in Bristol for a game room company, Home Measure Direct. And I used to drive there. And obviously I had to get really tired. And on the way home once, I was driving, and it was a sunny day, and I remember really, my eyes were so heavy, so dangerous, falling asleep at the wheel a bit. And I remember going in and out of the the lanes, and I was trying to get to the next thing to pull out, to pull in, but the next one was my one to go into my flat. So anyway, I managed to pull in, and then the police turn up right behind me, and they're like, yeah, get out of the car. And they were like, yeah, we have had reports, you've been all over the road. Um, I'm going to take breath, like you. I was like, boys, I'm just snackered, like... I just want to go to sleep. So they didn't believe me for a bit. And then they were like, I was like, do you want to waste money on a, on a breath? I just come from work, I'm knackered. And they let me off and I thought to myself, I can't let it get that bad. Like, that's bad. I tr- obviously, I, was, I only was weaving for, for a bit, like, but, you know, being sleep deprived, you literally are like a zombie. You're just not aware at all. I think it's probably worse than being drunk in a sense for me. Like, I don't know, obviously against steam and the other side's bad. But that state I was in there, like, you just want to fall asleep, just fall anywhere. So, if uh, if you are being awake for more than 18 hours, the CDC reports that it's comparable to having blood alcohol content of 0.05%. Um, and after 24 hours, this increases to 1%, which is over the legal limit. That's mad, isn't it? So, guys, think about sleep now. Come on, we've got to be serious about this. <sighs> Accidents in cars are way up. Way up. A 2018 study found that people who slept six, five, four, fewer than four hours had a risk of causing car accidents that was 1.3, 1.9, 2.9, and 15 times higher. 15 times higher if you don't if you get about four hours sleep. <sighs> wow. So their study suggests that your risk of a car accident increases significantly with each hour of sleep lost. I'm telling you guys, I've experienced it once and I'll never go back to that position again. Make sure you never drive tired or pull over frequently. It's very, very dangerous and that's they just tell you 15 times more high of a crash. So, it's, it's, it's not just saving your life, saving other people's lives. So please sleep, everyone. But here's the question, even when you know this knowledge, even though you know it, we know how good sleep is for us. Why do we not do it? I want you to think about that for a second. I don't have the answers to this, by the way. I don't know why. You know, they look at when my father was told my father had heart disease and, you know, all this stuff. I looked into the research. 90% of people with heart disease, right? They're told you got heart disease, you got heart failure. They need to change up their diet, right? 90% of them don't improve their diet to lose weight. Nine zero. 
even when they're told, mate, you're literally dying, you need to sort something out, your heart needs to, you need to lose weight, you need to eat a healthy lifestyle, 90% don't do it. Why is this the case, right? Even when you're told by a consultant, the top heart surgeon in the country could tell you it. It's still not acting on this information, okay? But if we think about it, we become who we are from the time spent with our friends, our peers. Reading Robert Sapolsky's book and Behave, kids don't pick up their accents from their parents. They pick their accents up from their friends. Kids don't pick up how social orders work in, in the world from their parents. They pick them up from their friends. Kids don't learn through adult telling them. They learn through mainly their friends, the peer to peer, the peers, right? So this kind of group thing we're always been used to. This is the way we get our behavior from. This is how we get our social kind of skills from. This is how we get our learning from, development, all this stuff, yeah? So when we tell someone to do something from an expert point of view, you got to do this, you got to do that. When we get to adults, we're on our own. We don't have the peer-to-peer thing going on anymore. So we're on our own and we just feel a bit lost. We're getting told to do something. It just doesn't happen. So these heart disease patients going home to a, a family support network that's not kind of in there with them like it was when you are in school with your mates going through the same classes and the same exams and the same struggles and the same football games, same rugby games. You know? It's become we can kind of look at. We're very social animals, we're social creatures, aren't we? So we learn through doing with people in the same path as us. And I think that's where this community thing comes in. And this studies on peer-to-peer learning is far more effective than top-down approaches. So a peer-to-peer community where, for example, Turtle... The reason Turtle has been able to be as successful as it is with people's results over many years is the fact that there's, of course, people lead in Zoom sessions and we've got experts in, but it's not a one-way traffic channel. It's, it's the information's coming in and then there's discussion. There's groups that split off. There's the accountability every day. There's talking about it from their perspectives, mainly women. So there's a female perspective, a lot of female chat relatability, all this stuff happening from the information and the learning actually happens within those chats and those discussions and those experiences shared as opposed to the top-down information. So when it comes to the sleep stuff, how do we get people to sleep more? Well, if we think about sleep, we're not going to learn much. We're not, it's not as if you're learning about macros, learning about training, right? But if your partner, which people say on Zoom, is going to bed later than you, that's big. That's not going to work. You, if you need to be in this together, like a unit into sleep, and it's got to be got to build this routine. It's got to be something you can do. I think it was Michelle saying her partner goes to bed like one a.m. and she kind of goes earlier, and it kind of works sometimes. But I think when it comes to sleep, especially people who sleep in the same bed as their partners, uh, which I question is the ultimate way, guys. Let me just put this out there. You can cut in bed. Okay, have cuddles, you can say in England. You can have that until you get sleepy. If you've got the ability to have different rooms to sleep in, why not? Do you both have good night's sleep? Listen to me. I know, listen, no, I know you're thinking you're getting angry. No, listen. Good night's sleep. You wake up in the morning, you're excited to see them. They haven't kicked you in the back saying you kept them up awake at night. They haven't said he was snoring and you've been smelling, farting. That's not happened. And you come in with a cup of coffee. It's lovely. Oh my God, so nice to see you. A cup of coffee. You start our day fresh. No argument. Love it. 
So is this sleep thing deeper? See, so people aren't sleeping, okay. Is, can they sleep? What's the, what's the house doing? What's the partner doing? Was, is it all conflict? Or can we go think back at how we learn and do stuff? We do things together. So it's a little group. That's when we best learn, aren't we? That's when behaviours form. Even from school, throughout the university, we, we do it with people. We do the same things, same challenges. So we start having this sleeping thing together. It might work. Whatever you need to do, but if there's all these different ways, just not even addressed. Oh, I don't know. So behavior is a complicated thing. I'm going to share my highlight notes from Behave by Robert Spolsky soon. It's a big book about behavior and stuff. And I think this is exactly where we need to be spending a lot of our time now as well. Like, you know, this comes into everything. Am I eating that burger because my hormones have changed in the last 10 minutes? Or is it maybe more likely to eat something, but I still don't have to eat it? Is that what we're saying? Am I eating that because of the culture of my upbringing? Am I less developed in terms of rational thinking because of the stress from my childhood? The answer is yes. Being poor in society, yeah, being at the bottom of society is the most stressful thing that can happen. Being at the bottom of hierarchy is like a sledgehammer of stress. Very, 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 very bad. That stress causes the brain not to function as it should or develop as it should. So do we have to look at our own upbringing here and see how, if we were really stressed, is our frontal cortex working like it should? I don't know. Are we rational thinkers or are we more impulsive? Can we, if you are more impulsive, can you work to be more rational and delay in judgment and then acting? These are questions we need to start thinking about. Why is it that someone tells us if you don't change, this is going to happen. You still don't change. Yeah? Why is it that we keep doing yo-yo dieting when it doesn't work? I'll do another crash diet. Yeah, it helped me last time. Did it? You're back again, another crash diet. You lost so much pounds? Yeah, I lost 50 pounds. Yeah, put it back on, did you? Yeah. Right? And you've done that five times? Yeah. Is that work? Is that success? It's clearly not. That's what happens when we're stressed as well. When we're stressed, we do the same thing over and over and over, like we're trying to get into a lock. We get stressed, we can't get in, and then we keep trying to open it with more force, doing the same thing over and over and over. It doesn't work. Stress causes you to do the same thing without thinking rationally. And what happens when we don't sleep enough? We're stressed. Oh, my God. This is a vicious circle. We could find all these, like, turbulent vicious circles. But I just want to say this voice number sleep. That's all I want you guys to do today. And a good night's sleep starts with the evening routine, right? So... You know, no phones in the bedroom, like, just just easy stuff. Easy, easy stuff. If you walk in the room with a phone, there should be something that can just, like, electrify you or something. <laughs> Get out, mate. Take a phone out. What are you doing taking that in? It's causing you to sleep one hour less a night. Do you know what that's doing for you? Putting you more risk of car crash. Better put that phone away. A TV in the room. What's it in there for? TV's in the living room, mate. That's where you watch TV. You watch TV in the bedroom. You sleep in the bedroom. And, you know, Dean Leak, we know what Dean Leak does in the bedroom. <laughs> Someone tell him I'm going to see his name again in the podcast. He'll have to listen. Don't tell him a time or he'll have to listen to it all to the end. And this is habits. And that's why we're doing BJ Fogg's Tiny Habits for the first book in the challenge. Because, like, you know, we, we do specific habits and specific environments to eat. So if we can make our environment an easier place where we only read in the reading corner, we only cook in the kitchen and eat there on the table, we only watch TV in the living room, we only sleep in the bedroom... You know, these are clear ways to make life easier, of course. But have a think about what I'm saying, guys. 
sleep well, make sure you're sleeping that well. I don't know if anyone can give some advice on how they've improved their sleep and I can share it in a voice note in the future, um, but it would be useful. The days are going to get lighter slowly, so hopefully that's going to help us. But I hope this voice note is helpful. I hope you're going to take it seriously to sleep properly for seven hours, okay? And if your partner's keeping you awake, kick him out. Listen, get him out, get out, get out, go on the couch, mate. Need to sleep, okay? Kick him. But guys, take it seriously, please. This is a serious topic. Hope those studies were helpful. I'm back tomorrow with another voice note, of course. No more Krishnamurti, don't you worry, your head won't explode.